Hello, everybody, and welcome back to this episode of Eye of the Tigers. I'm one of your hosts, Kiwi, here with... Hi, I'm Caitlin, your co-host. And we are joined today by Marcus Hayes. Marcus, would you like to introduce yourselves to the listeners? Yes, I'm Marcus Hayes, and I'm the inaugural dean for the creative school here at DePaul. So, so exciting. So today we have... We have him here to talk a little bit about this new creative school and just like get some of his perspectives and his goals for it. So I guess let's start. Um, so first question, you know, tell us a little bit about the new creative school and like what you're wanting it to be for students and upcoming students. Sure. Well, I mean, that that's a huge question. Um, the creative school concept I think has come out of the strategic plan, the bold and gold strategic mm-hmm. plan, and it's a part of academic renewal. So what we're doing is rethinking the way that the departments and the programs are organized mm-hmm. and then setting up a structure so that students can kind of seamlessly move between the College of Liberal Arts and Sciences, which has always been here, the School for Business and Leadership, which builds upon the great history of management fellows, which has been around for 40-something years, Um, you know, economics. Mm -hmm. Many students have graduated with economics degrees and gone on and been very successful. Um, So it's taking advantage of that history. And then the Creative School, which is building upon the excellent arts training that has always happened here at DePaul. So what we really are doing is then distilling what do we learn from those distinct areas of study, like if we think of them as big umbrellas. Yeah. So when I think about the creative school, I'm thinking about things like creative problem solving, creative mm. thinking, and how creative thinking is related to critical thinking. I'm thinking about collaboration. Mm-hmm. Um, how, do you, how do you come up with ideas? How do you come up with fresh ideas? And who are the people that bring the fresh ideas to a team? So yeah. when I think creative school, yes, I want for students to really be engaged in their, their arts training, mm-hmm. but to also be thinking about how does that translate into future life. Wow. That's wow. beautiful. Yeah, that is. That is, oh that my is goodness. a lot. That's was, a lot more than I was like, not that I was expecting like any, like I didn't really know what to expect, but like just as a student who doesn't really follow much or like look at I mean I follow a lot but like I don't really look at the emails or you know stuff like that so like for a student who's kind of also on her way out of here too it's kind of it's very refreshing to hear um that perspective and like that idea of what this is going to be because I know that like I have a lot of friends who are in the school of music and we're like we don't understand why like our our school of music has been so good for so long so Mm -hmm. they just like having them like in my ear and then like just hearing all of these different announcements it's a lot like different in the ways that you guys are thinking about it than what we would have expected yes yes I mean I think that it would have been very easy for DePaul to say well let's call it a school of the arts Mm -hmm. but that Mm -hmm. exists there are many many universities that have a school of the arts Mm -hmm. yeah the the fact that they went with the term creative school and I will go on record I fought it in the beginning mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. I thought oh that's not like what does that mean um, and certainly I've had more time to get used to it but now I put my full weight behind it um, because it is it's bigger mm-hmm. than a school of the arts it's also more interesting than a school of the arts and when I think about how young people describe themselves think of your friends who'd say well I'm a creative. Mm-hmm. Or I'm a creative type. Yeah. That language is now a part of the way that we talk about a lot of different things. And so I'm also very proud of DePaul 
for actually taking advantage of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For um, leading into that. And there's no other school in America that has something called a creative school. Mm-hmm. So DePaul is Perfect. unique. Yeah. And that was one of my very first projects was doing a bit of research to see who else is thinking this way. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so we have an opportunity to kind of stand out as a university. For sure. Nice. And so, you know, up to this point, like, what has been your journey? And how has that impacted this so far? And then, you know, you're talking about your research. How has what you've been through influenced what you are doing now and, you know, uh, pushing for? Sure. No, that, that, that's a great question. So I'm originally from Alabama. Mm-hmm. Um, I went to a fine arts high school, but I was not there for the arts. Oh. So I've been in the arts my whole life growing up, piano lessons. We had a piano. Um, I desperately wanted to take martial arts, but the rule was we have a piano. So me and my sisters were in piano lessons um, for years and years and years. Um, I also sang. I you know grew up in choir, and then I started taking voice lessons and doing the state competition. So my background is in music, actually, the early years. But mm-hmm. when I went to the performing arts high school, They had a dance program, and all of my friends were dancers. And so I would spend all of my time in the studios watching their classes. I just thought it was the most beautiful thing in the world. I still think it's beautiful, Mm -hmm. Um, but I was bitten pretty hard. Um, And so I started taking classes. I I watched ballet for a year. I was just the kid in the corner watching until I was brave enough to stand up. And but wow. because I've been watching, I knew the names. Mm-hmm. I knew the sequence of the class. I knew kind of what to do, but I really got to then feel it in my body. Yeah. And when I think about the desire to do martial arts, I really was saying I wanted to move. Yeah. yeah. Um, but in Alabama, that's not really an option. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. And especially if you're like an academically talented kid, it's like you're going to be a doctor mm-hmm. or a lawyer. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe a teacher, maybe an engineer, but the the list of options was actually pretty small, yeah. and no one said like, "Oh, you can be smart and be an artist." Mm-hmm. So I didn't figure that out until much later. Um, I went to college. I studied history. Was not planning to be a history major, and dance. I was not planning to be a dance major. So it all just kind of came together in a way that made sense for me, um, and then just it really unfolded from there. I knew I wanted to be a college professor. Mm-hmm. Um, I made that declaration my first day of my first year seminar. Oh, wow. Um, I walked into my professor's office, and she she tells the story much better than I do. <laughs> um, but I walked in, and her entire office was lined with bookcases filled with books. Mm-hmm. And I just walked in and said, well, I want a life where I can be surrounded by books. And she reminded me of that when I got tenure um, at the last university I worked at, she mm-hmm. was just like, do you remember you said that when you were 18? And I was wow. like, oh, my gosh, I kind of <laughs> spoke that into existence. Yeah. Um, but I knew I wanted to be a professor. So I just every decision I made after graduating from college was strategic, making sure that I was making moves that would lead me to being a professor one day. I absolutely love that. Yeah, that's that is an amazing. That is so amazing. Yeah. I just Wow. I, f- I feel so lucky. I, like, yeah. I'm seriously, I'm one of these people I wake up in the morning and I'm like, I'm the luckiest person on the planet. Um, but it's, it's because I've not, I've, I've found a way to make everything that I want it to happen. I've found a way to make it work. Yeah. 
That's that's also like really inspiring because I it's really inspiring because a lot of people, especially in our age group that like would be listening to this are always like in that constant struggle of what do I want to do? Who do I want to be? How do how do I make that become like reality? And I think like like I, I'm I'm one of the I'm one of those people where mm-hmm. I'm like I'm lucky that I know what I want to do and I have a game plan of how I'm going to get there and all of that jazz. But. Like, I know so many of my friends who are about to graduate who just have no idea. They're like, yeah, I've got this degree, but, like, I don't know what to do with it, you know? And so, like, I'm I, I'm on the same page where I'm like, I'm just so lucky. But, like, it's so inspiring to hear other people mm-hmm. that, like, yes, you can do it. Yes, it, it is totally possible. You just have to find a way to make it work. Yes. Yeah. And, and also a trust in your intelligence, yeah. trust mm-hmm. in your abilities, which is tough. Right. It's, it's so easy to compare yourself to, you know, the person who's standing in commencement line in front of you yeah. and the person behind you. It's like it seems like everyone has it figured out. And mm-hmm. in real life, no one has it figured mm-hmm. out. Yeah. Um, so it, it's it's about trusting, trusting yourself. Yeah. And that like that knowledge that you're going to land on your feet. Yeah. That's really great to hear as a freshman, though. <laughs> I'm not oh, yeah. going to lie. Well, just how you've been able to, you know, be a professor, but like follow your like true love of dance. I I absolutely adore that because I have so many things that I love and I want to continue in life. And you know, I'm undecided still at the moment, so I don't have everything figured out. Um, but I'm not stressing about it. But to hear that story just makes me feel good. Like, okay, it's it's gonna you know build its way up, and someday I'll be good. Oh I yeah, mean, I'm good now, but like oh absolutely. So. I will also add, I changed my major 16 times. Oh, my gosh. Like, I turned in, this was back in the paper days, I turned in that little card (laughs) 16 times before I actually landed somewhere, and I still finished in four years. So, yeah. Now, I was also kind of hovering around a set of topics that were Mm. related, Mm -hmm. Um, and so everything that I took kind of counted towards something. Oh, that makes sense. Um, But, oh, gosh, I started... Econ, believe it or not, <laughs> and I was good at it. I was good at it for about should. half a semester. Yeah. Right. So I, I like nailed the midterm. I'll never forget. And the professor wrote like on my test, like make an appointment to see me about being an econ major. And I was like, oh, <laughs> oh, she, yeah. she sees my future. <laughs> and then I got really comfortable and I stopped going to class and I stopped doing oh, my homework. Oh, and so between is. midterm and Thanksgiving, I went from having an A to having a D. Oh. And then I had to crawl my way out. Out. <laughs> that, that was a lesson. <laughs> wow. Oh my gosh. I love that. <laughs> oh yeah. I mean it's it's literally I mean I went to a small school just like DePaul. Yeah. It I know that that happens here. It yeah. has to happen here. Well, I remember I remember being in high school and like I like I graduated high school with like a 4.2 GPA. Sure, yeah. But I slept through majority of my classes. Like I was I was working. I never did my homework. I was playing softball. And, like, it was so easy to get away with in high school. But then I came to DePaul. And I came to DePaul during COVID, too. Oh, yes. And I slept through all my classes. And there were, like, <laughs> <laughs> there were two classes my, my freshman year that I did not do well in. Like, I didn't do bad. But I didn't do well in. And so then I, then I was like, well, I started off this freshman year, like, sleeping through everything and hoping that it was going to be okay because that's what I did in high school. And it was not okay. <laughs> oh. 
But you learned. Yeah, yes. for sure. Yeah, and for you, sure. you figured it out like, oh, yeah. I actually have to pay attention. Well, I have to take notes. The problem, the problem with that, though, is I did kind of blame it a little bit on the classes being online. True. Oh, oh yeah. they were online. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Oh, I yeah. lived I lived on campus, but I took all my classes online. Well, Zoom, just like in high school too. I can Yeah. I cannot. So I so I so naturally I blamed all of my shortcomings on that. But then the next semester or the next year, I had another class that like I just wasn't really interested in and like so I tried to I tried to pay attention, tried to do all this, but it just wasn't going so well. So I also did not do well in that. But um because I wasn't interested in it, I just didn't go to class. And so, sure. yeah. So Famous. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> These are it famous definitely, stories. Definitely happens uh, here as well, unfortunately. But you you stuck with it, and now you're at the finish line, which is awesome. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, ha- that hasn't happened to me yet, but I guess we'll see what Well, happens. you've also only been through one full semester. Yeah. And so. you haven't had softball season yet. I know. <laughs> but that's gearing up. Yep. It is. Yep. Yes. It is. <laughs> We're practice getting tonight. there. Yeah, we got practice tonight, so that'll be fun. Okay, well, moving back to the topic of the creative school, um, I wanted to ask, like, what are the biggest values and goals that you have for this or, like, as a department? Sure, sure. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, for me, that answer is very simple. Mm-hmm. The, there are very good things happening in all of the creative arts areas at DePaul, and I feel like it's my job to uplift all of it mm-hmm. and to really make sure that everyone knows about the incredible work that's happening here at DePaul. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that that's, to me, that's actually simple, right? So we're not, I'm not looking at programs that are failing. I'm not looking at mm-hmm. programs where the faculty are not engaged. Or yeah. they, like, I feel so lucky I showed up and people are really engaged they care about their disciplines they care about students mm-hmm. and they just want to see it all be uplifted and i'm i i feel like oh that's that's cool i can do that yeah, yeah. right so i'm not begging people like oh you've got to you've got to update things they're coming to me saying we want to update yeah. our curriculum we want to update this thing that mm-hmm. we're doing we want to make it better that's yeah. that's a great place to be yeah that's yeah Love that. So super simple. The, that's my that's my goal. <laughs> yeah. Now, of course, there's so many other parts that are built into that, mm-hmm. right? So for me, infusion of technology mm-hmm. has to be a part of everything yeah. because we are living in that world, and so yes. we, you yeah. know, we can't just kind of sit back and think, oh, well, we just want you to practice your instrument all day, or mm-hmm. you know, spend ten hours in the studio working yeah. on your painting. Yes. How do we also infuse technology into that? How do we start to think about the business and leadership Mm -hmm. side of it, right? So how do you turn that thing that you love into either a business or how do you take the skills that you're getting from that and apply that in a leadership setting? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it's a different approach to it. Yeah, Um, building off of it. It's just Mm -hmm. building on what's already there, but then thinking about how it connects to the rest of the curriculum. For sure. Yeah. Yeah, so talking about curriculum and stuff, what are well you have like specific classes that are offered and like what does that sort of look like course-wise? So right now we we're in that phase. Mm-hmm. So I I meet regularly with the department chairs and program directors um, from throughout the creative school aligned departments. Um, we meet every other week and a part of those conversations is are we looking at a shared curriculum? Um, right now um, in the music degrees 
they have added a course that's music and the related arts. So it's a new course that will be offered next year. And what they will be looking at is how does music connect to film? How does mm-hmm. it connect to theater? Nice. How does it connect to writing? How does it connect mm-hmm. to, yeah. to theater, right? So in finding those touch points to help students who are studying music better understand all of the work that is available, yeah. Yeah. right? When you think of it that way, it's like, oh, yeah, someone had to had to make that soundtrack for that film yeah. or that video game or that that TV show, right? Mm-hmm. The, the jingles that we hear in the commercials, somebody had to make that. Yeah. Um, and, and then to think about that in all of the areas, how do all of the other fine arts areas connect to one mm-hmm. another? How do they connect, you know, to departments and liberal arts and science? Yeah. Um, so an easy one for me, dance and kinesiology. Yeah. Um, I, I've had many of my own students who studied both of those things because they wanted to go to physical therapy school and then work with dancers. With, yeah. yeah. You know, dance big dance companies ha- have physical therapists on staff. Yeah. Um, it's a very interesting approach, and dancers have specific injuries, just like athletes yeah. have specific injuries. Mm-hmm. It's a great way for for people to start thinking about that idea of how do I take the thing I love and turn it into something. Yeah. Psychology has that same kind of touch point. I know Mallory McGee, she was a, a dance therapist. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't know the specific like title that she had, but um, she would work through therapy with like psych- psychological therapy um, mm-hmm. through dance. Yes. That was her specialty. My, my sister, she goes to IU. She's in the musical theater program. And my mom was talking to her one day about um, like singing therapy. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Music therapy is big. That's something that I love. There's so many pathways yes. and a lot that aren't like highlighted. It's yes. not just yeah. you have to be a lawyer. You have to be a doctor. You have to be a teacher. No. Like, there's so many different paths you can take and, like, explore and change. And you can do that. So I I really love that. Yes. And it's the opposite of what we hear from the media where, you know, people say, oh, well, why would you you study that? Mm -hmm. And it's like, well, we're at the undergraduate level, first of Mm -hmm. all. Um, You know, so for me, a bachelor's degree... You're, you're, when you graduate with a bachelor's, you have the same chances for any career yeah. mm-hmm. with a bachelor's degree because it's you're not a specialist, mm-hmm. but we hope that you know how to read, that you know how to write, that you can research, mm-hmm. that an, you know, a, an employer can hand you a manual and say, I need you to, to understand this in a week, right? Yeah. If you've been to college, you should be able to do that, right? So the bachelor's degree sends a signal, oh, that you can stick with something. Yeah. For for four years or however however long it takes for you to finish mm-hmm. it. But if you finish it, that's a signal to the world like, oh, this person is going to stick with something. Mm-hmm. You know, they're not going to just say, oh, this is too hard and oh, I'm not going to do that or I yeah. quit. You know, it, it's a different kind of credential. Yeah. yeah. I also what I love about DePaul is like the amount of programs we have that allow for that leadership role. Mm-hmm. Like we have all these media like um programs and I love them but also we have sports as well so you know student athletes we have to you know work around that we have student government we have so many different clubs that will allow for you know that it's not like job experience but you are leading people and learning how to connect with people on a different level which I love so yes that's a part of the special sauce of DePaul I think yeah yeah for sure but 
Yeah, so I wanted to open it up just for like a little closer if you wanted anything to say about the creative school. <laughs> yeah, you just... Yeah, I'm, so we officially launch in the fall. Um, there will be a, a bunch of launch events, but the official launch event will most likely happen during Old Gold Weekend, yes. okay. just like the launch for School of Business and Leadership. Mm-hmm, perfect. Um, so it will look similar. Um, and then I, I, I'm sure you all know about the this gift that has come to DePaul, mm-hmm. which is transformational. Um, it's huge. Within that, there is money set aside for us to create a footprint yeah. um, on campus for the creative school. So I'm super excited to dig into that work and to really start to think about what we need. Um, mm-hmm. You know, there are some new programs. Design studies is new. Um, film and media arts used to be called film studies, but now mm-hmm. that it's becoming an actual film program, right, we have to mm-hmm. think about, um, you know, do we need studio space? Do we need screening mm-hmm. rooms? We certainly need equipment. We need yeah. software. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's, it's excited, exciting that we can not only dream about what we want, but we know that there's funding to execute yeah, on that yeah. dream, um, which is it's an exciting time. Um, yeah. So that's what that's what I want people to know, and I want for for anyone who's listening to keep their eye on DePaul. Um, and some in a lot of ways, we are leading um, in higher ed because of these changes. Mm-hmm. And while it feels really, you know, there's a lot of change happening on campus, we're show we're demonstrating what it looks like to be on the forefront. Mm-hmm. Um, within the industry, within higher education. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. There, there's some schools that are copying us, by the way. And I, I always think that's a good sign. Yeah. And and they're yeah. being honest. They're like, hey, DePaul's doing this and we should do it too. Yeah. Yes, you should. And, and I can mm-hmm. show you how. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I yep. can show you the world. <laughs> anyway. See? Now the music. See? Yep. It's yes. built in. Yep. It is. Yep. It always is. Always listening to music. Always. Alrighty, well, thank you, Marcus, for coming on and uh, spending this last half hour with us. Yes, well, thank you for having me. I can't yes. believe it's been a half hour. It went fast. No, it I might have that. been. I don't know. I just glanced over and I couldn't really see the numbers, okay. but that's what I just <laughs> it was, assumed. It was something it was like that. Something like that. Close enough. <laughs> Alrighty, well, this has been um, another episode. This has been the first episode of yeah. this season um, episode of Eye of the season. Tigers. So, um, next next week, we've got an episode with a new co-host, yeah. uh, Peyton Rourke. She'll uh, get to introduce herself in next episode, and we're super excited to see the the new format of what we're going to do. So yes. it'll be exciting this season. A lot of new things, a lot of fun stuff. Um, but anyway, uh, see you next week. Stay tuned in, Tigers. <laughs>